the epistle is from Hebrews chapter 4. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the eighth chapter. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to Jesus, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew, and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Just about everyone knows that there's a big difference between hearing and listening. There's a big difference between letting the sound of someone's voice hit your ears and letting the words that they've spoken sink in. Listening, or really truly hearing, requires that you pay attention. Your mind can't be elsewhere. You can't be giving attention to something else. I'm sure that all of you have had some experience with this. I thought about asking you to think of a time in your life where someone wasn't really listening to you, but I figured you'd all turn your heads and look to the person sitting next to you. So instead, instead, I want you to think of a time in your life when you realized that you weren't really listening. 
Sometimes you realize it in the moment, hopefully before the other person realizes it, so you can catch back up on the conversation and figure out what you missed. But sometimes you get so caught up in your own thoughts, in the conversation going on inside your own head, that the other person's voice becomes like that wah-wah voice of the teacher from Peanuts. There's a sound, but it's not registering. Sometimes you find out much later that you weren't really paying attention. For instance, when someone asked you to do something and you agreed, not really knowing what you were agreeing to. When you were a kid, you knew how to capitalize on this, didn't you? The best time to ask mom and dad for permission is when they're just a little bit distracted, so they're not really paying attention to what you're saying. Now, the everyday problem of attention and listening is real, perhaps more so in our day than in former days. And it's the reason for a lot of trouble in relationships. What's the biggest problem that couples face? It's communication, really listening, really giving your full attention to your beloved. If you have ears, use them. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's good advice from Jesus, and following it could certainly prevent a lot of frustration and heartbreak. But when Jesus says it, there is much more at stake than your relationships with your loved ones. When Jesus says it, it is literally a matter of life and death, even more, eternal life and eternal death. And so Jesus tells a parable today. It is a very familiar parable. The sower who scatters his seed all over the place on every different kind of ground. Jesus tells this parable so that those who hear it can gain understanding. From this parable we learn about ourselves and the world we live in and the people around us and the kingdom of God. But it isn't understanding just for curiosity's sake. It's understanding so that you can grow. This parable serves as a warning and as comfort. By understanding, we learn to interpret our lives and the world around us in view of God's word. And we are warned of danger. And we are strengthened and encouraged in our faith. But of course, it doesn't do you any good if you don't hear it. And so Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Pay attention to this parable so that in this matter of life and death, you can be saved. Listen and learn wisdom from Jesus. In fact, the need for listening, for hearing God's word, is the first warning of this parable. In the story, we see the sower scattering the seed all over the place, indiscriminately. God's word is proclaimed to every kind of hearer. But there's something going on that's less obvious that you may not have noticed. The seed will not grow where it is not sown. God's word does not produce faith and fruitfulness where it is not heard. There is a type of ground not in the parable on which no seed falls at all. This is what happens if you neglect God's word. If you break the third commandment and despise preaching and his word, it doesn't matter whether you have ears to hear or not. You cannot possibly listen if you cannot hear in the first place. The things we do here at church are not some human invention. 
It's not something that we've just come up with as a way to spend time together, but these are the means that God has established and instituted for you to hear and receive God's word. This is a place where God's word is continually sown, so that whenever you come here, whenever you come here, you can be sure that God's word is at work to make you fruitful, to strengthen you in faith and love. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But the warning goes on. Even where God's word is sown, where it is heard, there are some for whom it does not sink in. It falls on the path, and the ground is too hard, and no plow will turn it over, and so it becomes food for the birds. Jesus tells us that those birds are the devil and his demons. And this is where we meet the first of our three big enemies in life, the devil, the world, and our flesh. The devil attacks by keeping God's word from sinking in. It bounces off. The threats of God's law, his wrath and righteous anger over sin, his judgment of death, they don't terrify such a hearer. Much less do God's promises, his forgiveness, life, and salvation. They do not provide any comfort when the devil snatches the seed away. The one who hears God's word in this way says in his heart, what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with my life? He's like the sons-in-law of Abraham's nephew Lot. Lot lived in the city of Sodom, which God was about to destroy for its wickedness by raining down fire from heaven. And Lot urged his sons-in-law to flee from the city, but they didn't because they thought he was just joking around. The devil snatched away the word and the seed bore no fruit, and they perished. You can see the warning for us here. God's word is not a trifling thing. It is not just so many opinions and fine thoughts that you can take or leave as you see fit. Instead, it is something living and active, as we heard, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of every heart. If you have ears to hear and you hear, you will learn in God's word that no creature, least of all you and me, is hidden from God's sight. But all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And so, the Sabbath rest that he has promised for his people, that is our only hope. A rest that depends entirely on his mercy, salvation in Christ for those who hear and believe. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But even if the devil doesn't snatch away the seed, we are not out of danger yet. And this is where we really must pay closer attention. We must listen more carefully. For once the plant begins to grow, it is tempting to think that we are in the clear. It's tempting to think that everything is okay, that we've made it to the Sabbath rest. But there is a long way from seedling to harvest. And here we encounter our second foe, the world. There is a danger to the seedling if it has not established deep roots. The seed that falls on the rocky soil springs up at once with water and sunlight, but without depth of root, the increasing heat of the sun dries it up and it withers. Times of testing are inevitable. Persecution threatens Christians of every age in history. 
The one who hears God's word but falls away and denies Christ when the world demands it was lacking in roots. The strength to withstand in the face of persecution comes from the fear of God. Jesus warns us that we should not fear those who can kill the body but cannot hurt the soul. Instead, we should much rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The strength to withstand in the face of persecution comes only by faith in God's promises, trusting that whatever this world can threaten is merely a slight momentary affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory for which we are being prepared, even by the persecution that we may endure. Maybe you've observed the very difficult question that we ask of folks who come into the church, new members and confirmands. We ask them this, do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? That is a tall order. And though no Christians in our land are being trotted before the lions, yet many fall away under threats less severe than the loss of life. When it is your job, your home, your reputation, your future, your security in life on the line, what is it that will keep you from denying Christ, from denying the truth of God's word, from falling away, from withering under the heat of the sun? This is a real and present danger in our time. When they say to us as a church, you can no longer teach this or that, then we will need deep roots. When they say to you, you cannot go to church on Sunday because you have to work instead, then you need deep roots. When they say to you, you're not one of those fanatics, are you? Those Jesus followers, those people who believe that God created the world, that we're all a bunch of sinners, that there's a difference between right and wrong and true and false, and that there's hell to pay for wickedness, that Jesus died on the cross to forgive sins. You're not one of those people, are you? When they say that to you, you will need deep roots. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Once the devil and the world have had their say, there remains yet one more foe, the one closest to home, your own flesh. God calls us to love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and yet there are so many things in this life that are so attractive that draw our hearts away from God. They are like weeds that grow up alongside, and they threaten to choke the seedling so that it never bears fruit. The one who hears God's word and loves it, but then finds something better to love, something more rewarding, something more immediate, like money or pleasure or comfort, for that hearer, God's word has sprouted among thorns. The Christian life is a battle over your heart. It is a contest for your affection, a contest between God and all of the good things that he's given to us that we then turn into God's in his place. Think about how that works. Take money, for instance. God gives us money, wealth, in varying proportions, some more, some less. But regardless of whether you're rich or poor, the purpose of your money is all the same. Money is a tool meant for us to use in order to love others. You love your family by providing for them. You love your neighbors by caring for them in their need. You love God's word and all of your brothers and sisters who hear it by supporting the work of the church. 
But what is the temptation with money? It is to use it not for love, but for selfishness. To hoard it and be stingy, to squander it on wasteful, sinful things, to devote ourselves to its accumulation as though simply having it were the goal of life. Until the day we die, our flesh is drawn to the cares and riches and pleasures of life. The question is whether those cares and riches and pleasures are given leave to sprout and grow and produce thorns, which render the seed of God's word unfruitful. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. These are some frightful warnings in today's parable. And although many who hear it fall victim to the very dangers that this parable describes, there is comfort and hope for you, which is the reason Jesus tells the parable in the first place. You are like the disciples, because to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. You have been given eyes to see and ears to hear what it is that makes for good soil. The good soil is those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Seeing the danger and hearing the warning, you know that the defense against your enemies is to listen, to listen to God's word with faith. Hardened and insensitive hearts don't become soft all on their own. The rocks are not cleared away and thorns are not uprooted all by themselves. It's God's word that is powerful to scatter the devil and his demons, to stand up against this world, and to crucify your flesh with all its desires. It's God's word that does all of that when it is wielded, when it is put to use by those who believe. And that use of God's word is this. Hold it fast. Keep your ears tuned to it. Fix your heart on Jesus. Listen to him. Pay attention to his promises. For Jesus, the word of God in human flesh and blood, he is himself the grain of wheat that fell into the earth and died so that it could bear much fruit. Crucified for you, bearing your sins on the cross, suffering death for you, he was resurrected so that you could have life in him and have it abundantly, so that you too could grow up in him and yield a hundredfold. It's the death of a relationship when one or the other person stops listening. It's tempting to think at some point that we've heard it all, that at some point we've listened enough, but in this life we live by faith, and faith comes by hearing. There will come a day when we no longer live by faith, but by sight. That day when we enter into the Sabbath rest promised. But until then, we live from Sunday to Sunday. We strive, we labor in God's word so that we may not be overcome by our enemies. The beauty of faith is the promises that it believes. Just as the rain falls and waters the ground, so does God's word make your hearts grow in faith. God's word accomplishes that which he purposes, and his purpose for you is joy, that you be led forth in peace, that you be given rest at last from your enemies, that you enjoy eternity with him in his kingdom, and he who has promised it is faithful. To him be all glory now and forever. Amen.
And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.